All right, so we are here on disclosed location in Troy, New York. Beautiful Troy, New York. Um, this is the Back Porch Top 5 Podcast. Um, today we're going to be discussing the top five emo bands that have not aged well. Uh, I'm Corey Dempsey. And I'm Andrew Beam. And here with us, as always, maybe not as always, but... I don't know if he's going to be here that often. Here with us today is John Fran. What's going on, John? Hey, doing well. Today, we're here drinking uh, Foam Brewers, bonus track number 25, Dry Hop Pilsner. Um, let's, let's get this started, fellas. going to be here discussing uh top five emo bands that haven't aged particularly well over time i think what makes the most sense is we you know start with a little bit of background what do you think i think you between the two of us truly actually research the history of of emo and obviously uh know quite a bit more so Corey, i think you should kind of just tell us a little bit what uh how did emo music start so Emo is one of those things, and, you know, I think this is... A thing. It's definitely a thing, and I think that the definition, it doesn't really have a definition. It's something that's morphed over time. Um, And in researching it, we were reading this book, uh, Nothing Feels Good by Andy Greenwald, and he said this about emo music and I think it's kind of perfectly defining it. He said, emo means different things to different people. Actually, emo seems solely to mean different things to different people. And I think that's pretty accurate um, in the sense that whoever you speak to, they'll have a different definition of it. But in terms of the music, um, there is a pretty widely held understanding of where it came from. And it goes back to Washington, D.C. and the punk and hardcore scene that was going back in the mid-80s. Bands like Minor Threat. There started to be a different brand of hardcore band where they were talking more about themselves and the lyrics were more self-reflective and they were talking about their own problems rather than kind of projecting, talking about politics, talking about things like that. So what they started to call it was emotional punk or emotional hardcore. And then that got shortened to emo core or emo. And so that was kind of just where the term came from um, in terms of the music. But obviously it's shifted over time to then mean, you know, a thousand different things to a thousand different people. Which I always found kind of weird that it's got to be its own thing. Because how much music are we truly listening to where someone's not just completely putting out all of their emotions and feelings right. into and, music? And I think that's when that's one of the stupid things that it is and what people always argue is like all music is and should be emotional. So what makes this emo? But at the same time, I think we all can like recognize what emo is. And when you hear a band, it's like, oh, that's emo. Yeah, well, I mean, it's mainly because they really know how to whine. Yeah. Like, there is a certain a nasal whiny quality to pretty much most of the bands we'll be talking about today. Whining became cool to some people. Yeah, to some people, for sure. So, Like us, in this is. room. It's, yeah, yeah it, it still is. So, 
I think that it's also important to talk about emo music as it kind of changed and altered over time. So it's got like an entire kind of linear history, right? So it started in the 80s around D.C., um, I'd say the main bands were Rites of Spring and Embrace. Um, they were very much like punk and hardcore bands. The only difference was that they were kind of talking about emotional stuff, talking about like their lyrics weren't politically charged. They weren't about the scene. You know, Ian McKay was talking all about straight edge with minor threat and stuff. But now, you know, Guy Picciotto, who's the guy from Rites of Spring, he just starts talking about himself. So I wrote down one of his lyrics and I think it's kind of, a good indicator of how it kind of shifted. He said, I read somewhere that every wall is a door to something new. Well, if that's true, why can't I get through? It feels like I'm falling through a hole in my heart. I could walk around, fell in love a face or two, but it wouldn't be you. So that kind of sets the stage for this kind of, you know, and I think that's a good lyric, but it sets the stage for like a little bit of, you know, contemplation about yourself and will I ever find love and all that stuff. And, and that why was, did you do this to me? Right. And you know, why, why did this happen? And it's a searching. I will and kill myself little, to get your it's attention. It's a long, well, that's what it turns into. I don't think Guy Picciotto was doing that. <laughs> Maybe not, but, but yeah, that's here we it, are. That's, that's, that's what it turned into, which is what we're going to talk about. And then the second wave came about in kind of the mid nineties. Um, that was bands like sunny day real estate. And one of the interesting, like cool things that kind of came about in the nineties is, these little scenes started popping up all over the place and they were usually centered around a specific band. So like, you know, there was a scene in Phoenix, Arizona that was centered around Jimmy Eat World in this time. So this is when Jimmy Eat World came out. Um, in Milwaukee, there was a scene that was centered around the Promise Ring and that band. And then in Houston, Texas, there was a scene around Mineral. Um, and there was a scene in Chicago around Braid. So a lot of these like Midwestern, Midwestern, like kind of forgotten cities, you're just getting these emo scenes that are popping up and something that kind of grows organically. And I think that scene was a really appealing to a lot of people in that second wave of emo. And, you know, for me, I think the second wave of emo in terms of musically, that age is the best. Like it's the best music. It went in a lot of different directions in terms of like melodically. You know, with Rates of Spring Embrace, it was very straightforward, like, punk, hardcore, rock. And then that expansion into more kind of things, more melodic. Spacey, kind of airy. Yeah, exactly. That that came about with those second wave emo bands. And I think a lot of them are really good. You still had those emotional lyrics. That thread is still there. But you don't get into all the troublesome stuff. Um, that comes along with the third wave of emo, which is what we grew up in mainly. Um, so, you know, the most problematic wave. Yeah. The most problematic wave. And I think that looking back on it, it's pretty clear that it is. Um, and we'll talk about why in some bands, but really one band, (laughs) (laughs) really just one. But that third wave is where you start to get a lot of different things. So the third wave is early two thousands, um, to mid two thousands. That's where pop punk starts to get kind of brought into the emo umbrella and where hardcore and screamo music gets brought into that emo umbrella and everything kind of gets confused. So, you know, bands like Thursday, um, bands like newfound glory, um, things like that are all getting thrown under this umbrella of emo. Um, and it's also this time where emo music starts to get commodified. 
and starts to become like a big business. So you get things like Hot Topic making emo into like fashion. You have things like Live Journal and things like MySpace making emo like popular on the internet. And then you get Live Journal. Yeah, Live Journal, remember? And <laughs> Sanga Live Journal. Has anyone actually <laughs> has anyone actually like gone back recently and looked at what their Live Journal has to say? Or or what not what it has to say, what you were putting in it. I did like five years ago and then I was super embarrassed, so I have not gone back since and will not. That's fair enough. I don't think I ever want to look at any of that stuff. No, no, it's it's but it but it was a time, it was a thing that happened and <laughs> So, what an outlet. <laughs> <laughs> just throw your thoughts on the internet for everyone just, to read. Just, just throw like, it all out there and make it real intense. Yeah, and just Speaking like, of emo. <laughs> no, and, and, and that's the thing. is like LiveJournal was the most emo shit like, in the world. Like, the most emo stuff possible. Pretty, mu- pretty sure I put a lot of emo lyrics in, oh, yeah, in LiveJournal. Yeah. Entire songs, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that and AIM Away messages. AIM Away messages. That huge. time lined up perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> Finding emo with like that technological boom. Yeah. That was a way for me to subtly take jabs at ex-girlfriends while uh, not not really addressing them directly. Not subtly yeah. jab at ex-girlfriends. I mean. But th- that's the thing is like, again, there regretful. Was, but <laughs> there was nothing subtle about the lyrics, though. It's a pretty direct. Jab. No, no, that's the lyrics. It. The lyrics yeah. were very distinct. It's yeah. just not clear who it was directed towards. Possibly. <laughs> um, so that third wave is also where emo music started to become popular and like a thing. So it's when you had bands like Good Charlotte blowing up MTV. You mm. had My Chemical Romance that became huge, Panic at the Disco, Paramore. Active, yeah, yeah. And Fallout Boy, like all these really popular <coughs> bands that start to be like a real thing and like start becoming it. So emo becomes marketable. And because of that, people start trying to be emo. And that's where I think that it became really problematic because they started to fit into these tropes, but it wasn't genuine. And so that's where a lot of this posturing and like the lyrics and it got really troublesome. And we'll talk more about that. But, you know, I think that that was that third wave. And now we're actually in the fourth wave. And I think the fourth wave is doing a lot to bring emo back and in a good way. So you got bands like Law Dispute and Modern Baseball and You Blew It and bands like that who are really trying to talk about some of the things that were going wrong in that other wave of emo um, and really addressing things in a real way. You know, Modern Baseball talks about like 2019 issues and like they talk about, you know, being queer and questioning who you are and like all those things. It doesn't get into it gets back to the self-reflective piece and reflecting on yourself and who you are and how you fit into the world rather than projecting outwards like, oh, woe is me. Like, this person fucked me over and stabbed me in the back and I'm going to whine about it. Like, how about you look inward? Right, it's taking a rational look at, like, hey, maybe you played a part. Right, and, like, looking at yourself and, like, that's really where it started and I feel like bands like that, Law Dispute, Touche Amore you know, modern baseball, they're doing a really good job. And I think emo is also now expanded outwards and now it's in the rap world as well. You have like Lil Peep, you got, um, well, did, did well, yeah, Lil Peep and his music. And I think that there's like the goth boy click, um, with Wicca phase uh, Springs eternal, um, which is like some guy from a rock band who started 
rapping um, and started this goth boy click thing. So they're doing like emo in the rap game now. And so it's completely kind of shifted and gone into this new realm, um, which I think is, I think is a good thing. Um, and I think it's bringing a lot of it back. I think. Is it good? I don't, it might be a good thing, I guess. Maybe it's a good like thing, but I don't particularly enjoy it. I know right. a lot of people do. I also know that like there are troublesome stuff with that as well in terms of like was an XX Tension one of them? Yeah, he's probably he was is yeah, and yeah. like a lot of drugs and like a lot of just not necessarily <laughs> dealing with problems in an effective way. But the music's an outlet and it's creative and. You know, it's but it's expanding outwards is the point. Anyway, um, so as we alluded to, you can hear the dogs barking. <laughs> the dog barking. So we may hear this construction that's going to be starting in a little bit. Yeah, I don't know how far away that dog was. Um, well, hey, I mean, yeah. So I actually didn't know a lot of that, so that was quite informative, just in terms of like the history of emo and uh, to know that we grew up during probably the most self indulgent, um, immature. Um, version of that, essentially. Well, I think that it's important to also discuss... At least we can recognize it. At least we're not completely in denial and still just living in that. And I think that's important. I think that, you know, now it's a thing where we just have to reckon with it. And we're now, you know, old enough and wiser. And we can just talk about it, discuss it, unpack it. And... So I also think perhaps helpful to discuss how we got into it, where we, where we connected with it, why we got into that kind of emo music. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it mainly is because of you guys. I know that I, most of the music that I kind of got into was sort of influenced by my friends, essentially, whatever they were listening to, whatever they were turning me on. I mean, I, of course, had my base of stuff that I had been listening to before, Really, regrettably, um, I definitely listened to Nickelback, which, you know, of course, right? Um, I think Stained was on rotation for a minute, which, like, if you want to talk about kind of emotional, like, woe is me, Stained might have been one of them. Oh, Stained was heavy on the woe is me. Cold was another one of those (laughs) bands. Loved them. First band I ever actually went crowd surfing with. But, um... So, so basically... Yeah, with. Yeah, we went together. (laughs) Um, so you were into aggressive music. Already. Yeah, so exactly. It's 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 something where that sort of music I it transitioned kind of easily sort of naturally transitioned transitioned into I mean pop punk was also another thing that I was getting into uh or that I was into going to shows like the starting line. Actually, you know, did take I think Taking Back Sunday opened up for them. Yeah, uh I, at I the was, first show I that, that I ever show. went to. Same. Um which uh yeah, and so had to go with was it your mom or my parents? Like, someone had to drop us off, I felt like. Mm. I was 14. Uh, anyway. But, uh, but yeah, so those kind of bands. And then also seeing those bands open up for pop punk bands or just the bands that we were going to see, knowing it was also, too, the association of that as well. Just associating those bands like, oh, well, you know, they're playing with them. Why don't I uh, give this band a shot? Or I'm just automatically into them because of... It came down, too, to record labels, I feel like, a bit much. Like, I feel like there were a lot of bands, like Equal Vision was a huge... Like, yeah. Based in Albany, which is, we all just started... Or maybe it was just me. No, absolutely. I think, Drive you know, through. it was very much a... Drive through. Was, was Census Failed was on that? Mm. Census Failed was on yep. that. Starting, Starting Line, Newfound Glory. So that was like the first one. And yeah. then Equal Vision we got into. 
And then when we started to get more into Victory Records, Victory, yep. Ferret Music was a big one, Trust Kill Records, and then, um, shit, what's the name? Uh, Solid State Records. Which well, that's, the, hard, that's but, hardcore, man. But that was the the all, Christian hardcore. All Christian hardcore. But I think all of it falls into that same scene. Like, when it you're does. thinking back... It it's all, a snowball effect right. is what happens, and that's where I think Beam was going with it. The very beginning of where you get into... The music scene of emo is 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 an interesting story. From there, I think he's absolutely right. When you go to shows, even picking up that flyer that we can all picture in our hand, yeah. you'd see some other bands. You might see a band you like opening, and you'll go check out three others that you hadn't heard before. Yeah, and you well, start to see weird stuff like come together. Like Emery is a band that could play with like a Taking Back Sunday and Senses Fail. They also opened for Thrice. Yeah. And Thrice can But Thrice was, like, in that whole scene, too. They, they which, were, but right. then, like, Thrice can overlap with, like, an Every Time I Die, and it can get, like, you know what I mean? So then, right, they right. blur the line of hardcore out. a little bit more, so it definitely goes outwards a little bit. No, for sure, and I think that... I think that Snowball Effect... What was the... What was the promotion company that was doing all of them? Step Up. Step Up. Step Up, right. which is still and around. Get, they are around. You get around those low. huge flyers and it would just show all. You still the get those huge flyers whenever yeah. you go to show at it. Northern Lights, you do, yeah. Uh, it's Upstate, Upstate Concert, Concert Hall, John. Right yeah, everywhere. Jeez. I usually stop by CCM first and then go to. <laughs> After coming back from a concert at the Knickerbocker Arena. There he is. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's a I mean, you. Bomb. Being what you mentioned, you know, you got into emo music because of your friends and i think that that speaks to one of the most important things that kind of emo music brought and i think that it's kind of a sense of community and a sense of shared experience so i got into emo music after eighth grade going into high school ninth grade um and it started with bands like Midtown and Newfound Glory and Juliana Theory. Those were the three that really got me. Juliana Theory. Yeah, they, they don't have many good songs, but... They had, like, one album that was... Decent. Yeah. And then they kind of got weird. But, like, there was one record that was pretty good and two songs on it that are awesome. Understand the Dream is Over. Oh, man, that song's freaking awesome. Um, but th that's how I got into it. And then it kind of expanded outwards. And then my first show was when I was completely sold and I went with you. Well, I went with Mark, but we met you there. It was Midtown, um, was the headliner piebald and armor for sleep open for them. And then there was a local band named Rory breaker on there. Rory breaker release show. Yeah. And they had a little Rory breaker. I remember that. Yeah. We saw them a couple of times and you know, Piebald was dope. Piebald was incredible. Three piece band, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or no, no. Piebald was four. Were they? Yeah. And we saw Armor for Sleep before they got huge, and that was like an awesome. Yeah, Dream Make Believe like just came out, right? Yeah. I think they only had their EP then, actually. But yeah, because I feel like when so I mean I I saw Armor for Sleep. Fuck. Was it the? It was a Breaking Pangea. Mm-hmm. Oh, holy shit. I was going to get into this, too, but uh, uh, later on, but it, this well, show... Let's, let's not step on it. Talk oh. about it when you talk. All right, man. Well, I mean, it was more... It fits more into the shared experience part. Okay. Or just more into, like, the shows that we first went to, or, like, kind of got turned on to those bands. But, right. you know what? I'll save it. You go You go ahead. Whatever you were talking about with this whole shared experience, then carry on. No, and, like, being in the sure. room... <laughs> being in the room at the time, it was, like, this, you know, kind of 
super energetic thing and like everyone's singing along everyone's like, singing along and everyone jumping up and down and like it wasn't like any crazy you wanted like, to join in on the fun right and it wasn't like any crazy mosh stuff and it wasn't any of that it was just like no jumping, one's windmilling their friendly, jumping jumping up and down no one's friendly, windmilling their fucking fists in your face right and just like some like pushing and like some friendly like just running around and it was just so much fun you know i was like 13 years old my dad was in the back sitting at the bar like waiting but, like, I didn't even remember he was there. It was, like, I just got lost. And, like, when you're going into high school and, like, the thing was I didn't, I didn't like, have a group of friends at that time. Like, when I was in middle school. No, nah, I mean, This is just setting you up perfectly so for emo. emo. So emo. <laughs> like, I just needed emo. But, like. You should write a song. In middle school, like. Did. It was all, like. Several. A- athletics and, like, soccer. And that's what I was known for. But I didn't really like those people. And so this sounds like an emo song already. This is great. Keep going. No, like my life was super emo back then. And then that like led me to a group of friends and they're friends that I still have to this day. So like, you know, you guys, Eric, Mike, Joey, like a bunch of emotional, sad sacks of shit. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Like emotional, sad sacks. And that's what brought us together. It was the sense of community and like belonging. And then, you know, we started doing our own music we were lost until we were found going to shows all the time and we would start partying and like everything came from that emo scene and the music was just a vehicle for that community and like that that was what made it good i can't get over beam chiming to say we were lost but now we're found (laughs) it just was so stupid some stupid shit (laughs) Um, no, but I mean, it sounds like that spot on. I, this whole genesis of emo stuff, I do want to say the first two CDs I ever got, one of them was from Joey and, uh, it was damn it by, or I'm sorry, dude ranch with damn it by blink 182 and, uh, um, dookie by green day. I feel like you're slamming real hard every sentence you make. Well, I'm not Corey. I don't do the I don't do the wheels on the bus hand gestures. Of, I do more slapping the arms of the chair. No, but fair enough. That those two for me were hooks that then led to other bands. I think, and it, they they were probably Green Day more on the like punk end of things, right? Um, and politically driven at times as well. But Green Day was just fun, and they fit more into that pop punk fun phase and. They, I think, were the catalyst for me to really get into a lot of other stuff. Then I was leeching off of friends and things to learn more things and, and expand. Exactly. And it, it was all about that sense of, like, sharing and, like, oh, this here, there's this band I listen to. Like, yep. they're really good. And then, like, you'd listen to them and, like, you'd get into them and you'd go see them at a show. And, like, it was all great. And that's how, like, it grew. And, you know, it didn't stay in that realm, but, like... That's how, you know, you found bands like Thursday and then we started listening to more hardcore stuff and we were listening to Norma Jean and Every Time I Die yep. and it all kind of expanded from that from that genesis of like pop punk and that em- that emo umbrella. Um, it's almost like bringing a band on tour to get them recognition worked. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely did. Um, yeah, so I think it's a good thing. I think you should do your top fives. Oh, yeah, we're doing it. I think it's a perfect place. Yeah. All right, let's get into it. All right, so let's get into top five. Um, And so these lists are top five emo bands that did not age well. So, you know, looking back, things about these bands that just don't really look good anymore. In the moment, it was awesome. In the moment, it was awesome. But, like, now, looking back, it's like... (laughs) 
Yikes. 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 Yeah, I was I was screaming that along to his <coughs> screaming along uh, with them at the at their shows and putting their lyrics in my away messages and not realizing, oh, you know, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. So before we do real quick. Yeah. Because we're about to start shitting on this thing that we love. Mm-hmm. Who who can we shout out that has aged well and they're still doing it and nice. doing it great. Positive first. A positive first. Then, then we can shit on it because we need idea. to. But like, hmm. what are who's who's aged well? Who's aged well in terms of the bands that we used to listen to? Yeah, from that th- from that third wave emo. Ooh, I don't think either they're not around or they're not making very good music. So I agree with the second part. There's a bunch that are not making very good music. I have two. Okay thrice oh i was that was where i was gonna go I see i wasn't we sure gonna, if they fit that's what, i guess that they did they're in, the yeah, umbrella. they're in there if they're, they're in, in there. the umbrella right. hands down my favorite that aged i think exceptionally yeah well. and th- th- there's nothing problematic in their lyrics nope they weren't super emo with their lyrics but wonderful they fell lyrics umbrella wonderful lyrics and no they weren't i mean second yeah. one oh sorry no no i'm just saying like thrice is just like they're they're like a legit band like as opposed to as opposed to like just sort of like being a part of a trend being a part of you yeah, know they, sort they, of this weird scene they they, they, they transcended the that right right and then my second one i'd say connor oberst and his hmm. whole thing and well bright eyes yeah so bright, bright eyes, eyes is then, yeah and desaparecidos was then right and like those and now he's doing whatever but like him as an artist Right. He, he he kept growing, so it was super emo when it was bright eyes and like very much. Sure. But he's kept going, and like now he's doing like the whole folk thing with Conor Oberst, Mystic Valley Band, and like his self titled stuff, or when he's just going by his name. Hell, he was in a band called Monsters of Folk with uh, Jim, Jim James. James and... Yeah, I forget who, or M Ward was in that yeah. too. Yeah, um, yeah. So like he kept growing and evolving as an artist, and I think he's aged well. Um, and, like, I still listen to his music all the time. And I can still go back to Bright Eyes. And, yeah, like, there's some whiny stuff. But, like, even Bright Eyes, like, I'm Wide Awake, It's Morning. That album is incredible front to back. Right. And, I mean, that's when he was transitioning more into his folk thing. John doesn't seem to be as more on board. No, but, I mean... <laughs> I am. I, I'm much more in in, no, I'm in sync on the whole Thrice thing than I am with... Well, like, yeah, I mean, you were never really a Connor Eyes. I wasn't a big Bright Eyes guy. I wasn't... But Casadega I, but I is what kind of at least moving on without a really a gap there, evolving musically, which I think is, yeah. is you know, like you're saying here, it's not a flash in the pan, but to stay, like, relevant through generations, through a different phase of emo and stuff is really great to do, so... I, I do. There's a lot of credit there for that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And one of our bands had a chance to do it. They were there. They were doing it. They were. They were doing it. And then they just decided to. Well, I mean, it, we'll 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 get into right. it. There we go. All right. So let's wait. Hold on. Sorry. Well, you don't agree with this, but I still think they were of the time. Manchester Orchestra, I think, is aged incredibly well. Um, I don't know. I I mean, I know you you find their songs boring, but I think like that first album to like even even to like mean everything to nothing, and then when, I think their last album Cope. When um, did they come out though? Are they a part? I of feel that? like they were later than they were kind of on the tail end of sort of that wave, but they were like within the whole. They were with Brand New. They were with. Yeah, they were kind of playing with. I feel like a lot of the bands that we listened to. I mean, yeah, we can throw a bunch. Like, Kevin... unless do you think they're what fourth wave? Or are they no, even emo? No, no. I, don't I think even you've got to like have played show before like 2005 to be considered still current. I mean, Fair. somewhere in that range, I think when we were coming on to 
emo and, and maybe like have been around for at least a decade. I don't I'm know. Just, Kevin, De, I mean Kevin Devine might and might just who's be there. fantastic now. I fantastic. think he's one of the best. Manchester one of the best out of all of them. Well, Kevin Devine was definitely in because his first band, The Miracle of '86, right, right, right. That was his first band, and but they his, were yeah. very much in that initial wave. Right, but so now. You're going back to like individual people that are moving through like different different acts and stuff. Different and phases, they, but they were the main artists. I mean, Connor Oberst was Bright Eyes. Definitely, definitely. That one's a little bit more. I think, I think Kevin Devine was the miracle of '86, and, really. And what he has made, sort of in his solo career now, is I think it's been awesome. Like the, the these past few albums that he's had, like Bubblegum. Um, I mean, I shit. They're doing the ten year tours of Brothers Blood, which is mind blowing. I can't believe that's ten years old. Yeah, I mean, exactly. That's a great record. Yeah, it's it's that's phenomenal. His best record. But anyways, All let's right. get into kind of what your top five would be, sort of at this point, because I'm I, I'm kind of curious as to sort of where you are because you're very particular clearly i'm very easy to please but uh that's so i top think that's five correct. that have aged that you poorly. think that have aged poorly yeah so i'm i'm not gonna do all five though i'm gonna go i'm just yeah, gonna go five, five, five. And then you. Yeah, right. i think that's all right. the right so one. my number five and this is a weird pick but i had to talk about this band <laughs> um my number five pick is this band called fight paris um, I thought they were just going to have their own section, but here we go. No, no, no. They're they're my number five, and like it's, it's they're not your number one. I feel like they just out of I mean, why? No, but let, that's the thing. It's like it's so low stakes that like they're number five. Let's let's please get in and unpack why they're on the list. Though. All right, so Fight Paris was this band or a hardcore band from Atlanta. They got signed to the Trust Kill Records, so they were just under the umbrella. They're more of a hardcore band, to be honest with you, but. I think it speaks to this, this band's existence speaks to the fact that emo and the whole umbrella became this like flash in a pan thing where like anyone could just start a band and like do something. It took the uh, subtle problematic nature of emo and just stripped any sort of, any sort of veneer uh, off of it and just became completely transparent in terms of exactly what the emo scene was at that time right and like four power chords and a wine and just <laughs> anyone could just like start a band and start talking about some shit and like they would fall into it and they'd get some fans and start being able to play play shows so like fight paris was this just ridiculous band and they had two the two songs that I heard when like I got into them and I kind of like them which is what's embarrassing about this whole thing is like again I like Stained Cold and Nickelback right. continue on no like and I, I liked these it's songs okay. at the time and one of them was called Balls Deep and it just started with the guys screaming Balls Deep and then they just go into the song and it's like it's never enough. And talking about going in, going balls deep, and like the misogyny of that, and just like recording. A Somehow song. it wasn't a joke band. No, it wasn't a joke. That's, that's the, the thing. worst it was part like, about it. Horse the band was a joke, and that was well understood. But this was but, like, oh, they were so good. But anyways, but they were actually like just recording a song that was called Balls Deep, and then the other one off that brilliant record was fucking called One Track Mind, and it's just about thinking about having sex with girls all the time. And, like, that's what this dude is singing about. And, like, they have fans. And, like, the fact that that still? exists... Still? Like, do people still, oh, like, I, man, I really wish Fight Paris got back together? I, don't point at me, because absolutely not. Like, <laughs> <laughs> dude, I can't even find the song now. Like, I went on Last FM. I'm like, sure you could try... Oh, you wait, could like... track it down, but, like, I, I had a hard time finding the song on the internet. Any, like, any, any? 
shred of evidence, any trail. There was one called A Hundred Proof Woman about alcohol and women. That's obviously problematic as well, but that one was on YouTube. I could listen to that, but I could not find Balls Deep. Thank God, because no one needs to hear that song. Like, that is... I absolutely want to hear it. (laughs) (laughs) But it's more like a morbid curiosity. Like, no one should listen to that. That's not a thing. I always have this thought when people write some obscene... Or just a, a, a obscene sort of like insane like lyric, you had to literally sit down, write it down, look at it, review it, and say, "Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea." Yeah, let's Nailed go. With, let's go with that. Let's go with balls deep. Nailed it. <laughs> Hold on, let me pour my heart out onto the page. <laughs> and this is where this guy's mind is at. Like that guy is his balls going <laughs> real deep. Like that's awful. Like what? Why does that exist? Why is that a thing? So that's because men my, exist. That's my because we five. exist. That's my number five, and it's 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 poor. It's poor form. Oh, All right, <laughs> Bean, what's your number five? Go on then. My number five started out here. See, I had a number one. Not a good look. What do you got to say? <laughs> that's you. No, it's. A te- I was trying to think of what we were talking just about just on my end today. No, it's, it's a terrible no, look. No, the balls deep song and recording that and playing it out. It's not a good look. No. So. I have as my number five, mainly because, like, the the music wasn't terrible. The lyrics the lyrics could be really overdramatic, and that's kind of where I sort of, why I put them on here. So, Taking Back Sunday. Listen, we obviously sing along to all these songs. We play it all the time. Hell, we went to the reunion tour, the, was it, 10-year anniversary show of Tell All Your Friends. I can still get down with that. Like, those those songs are still, I think pretty good however like you could definitely tell that some of those lyrics that they had were just super over dramatic just like the most quintessential emo and you look back on it and you're like oh god it's a little cringy you sad sap you the, uh yeah it's like if, come on if you if you slit my throat i'd apologize for bleeding on your shirt well like, so anyways yeah that's what i kind of wanted to get into with that so like um i mean they, they i mean they were like one of the quintessential like emo bands of that of that wave of that third wave i mean they were it was basically them and brand new i feel like that were sort of like emblematic of what the emo scene was at the time both just from long island both from and that was another thing long that island beef. so much so came beef, out of yeah. yeah so much came out of the long island scene too whether it be hardcore or emo music Movie which life was from long island they were great sarah sarah uh, my wife sarah said to me oh why do you think that is and i'm like well they're from long island <laughs> There's a lot to be think about it. sad about. Think, think about why we connected with it. We lived up in Clifton Park, just white suburbia. Like, you just look at the city, and it's right there, and you're like, I could be there. And you're longing for it. But like, Which is just, pretty much also an emo thing. I'm yeah. just yearning for something. I'm yearning for something different. <laughs> Which was a lot of, like, kind of what was in Taking Back Sunday's lyrics. I feel like just yearning for something. Yearning for your... Learning... Yearning for your affection. Um, and it's also just sort of like, shut the fuck up. Just stop. Like, and now, now, when you kind of look back on it. Um, but no, yeah, I mean... That's the thing. Is like, I actually, I feel like I don't actually like Taking Back Sunday or Tell All Your Friends, like, the album. The Bullshit. Only... You like it. No, but, <laughs> but, like, musically, like, I don't... Oh, yeah. What I like about it is it brings a feeling. Like, it mm. brings this sense of a nostalgia back. They're a nostalgia band, yeah. Right, and, like... If I listened to it, if I heard them now... John Nolan isn't, you know, blowing anyone away with his guitar riffs. Right, like, and I'm not... 
if I heard that band now, I would be like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, right. the hell is this shit? But, like, it brings back more of a feeling and a moment, and the fact that we can all, like, still yell the lyrics together, that's still good. Yeah. Um, and I like that. And, there, and the other thing, too, and I think a lot of these bands, well, I mean, maybe not the one that's sort of my, my number one here, but... Um, while they were super emotional or just really just my god can you please stop crying uh right here on the page or or in the song but they could be clever lines um i I thought that they were at least pretty damn witty just in terms of in terms yeah they just shut the lights off in this entire building (laughs) not in this room though um so yeah, but I, they were clever, but most times they were really just incredibly dramatic. And Adam uh, Lazara too. The one thing about him is that his voice was just very befitting of the emo scene. Mm-hmm. It like agreed. It like had that. It had a nice base to it. It was it was good at times. Although when you saw him live, you're like, ooh, okay, ooh, all right, yeah, not... you don't sound like that normally, do you? <laughs> uh, but like, I don't know where we all were. There was one show where they were on TV as they blew up, and he was terrible like third eye blind terrible like worse it wasn't even close to being in tune with the song it was just embarrassing to listen to. right yeah it was one of the late night shows yeah and we were like i don't remember what it was was like uncomfortable to watch and the and i i think they were and i have a this leads me into the question here i think they were kind of like they were phasing out they were on the decline at that point i wasn't as Mm. interested in them but for you beam they're a pretty big band to have on the list as 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 being one that didn't age well because they are still relevant. They do still sell out shows. We have gone to them. We still cover their songs. Right. So when do you think a band like that hit their peak and started going into that? Louder now. Literally, I think what, uh, whenever that album was, their I think it was their third one, album, right? So I think Where Louder... Where You Wanna Be was pretty good. Yeah. I didn't it listen to it. I honestly stopped after Tell All Your Friends. I could I could give a shit about but what the rest of their catalog was. But you guys know that around that time of Louder Now was actually when they were probably their biggest. No, that's when they peaked. Listen, so I'm not like, talking... I'm I not talking. Like, did we change or did they? And did it hold up? I think they changed. Um, I think like at least production value on, on the music itself definitely changed. Yeah, it wasn't as raw. Plus, and you also had Fred. Like, Fred is a very different, great, different great guitarist. Call. But... Where You Want to Be or whatever was pretty good. He was It was it. decent, and, like, that was a record, and they still had it. But I also, th- I, I do think that we changed as well. And, like, by that time, we were listening to more hardcore music. Like, Louder Now right. was, I think, like, 06. And, like, that was... But, been... but Make Damn Sure is a great song. Make Damn I Sure think. is really good. Little Devotional might be their best song. Like, just, like... Ever? Yeah, like, objectively. Like, mm. not taking uh. not taking into account any nostalgia factors like right. little devotionals very good no for me this isn't really like a list about on. like this isn't really a, a list about sort of like relevance like sure they're still relevant they're still going around touring and you know they're still a decent draw for me i just it's just in my opinion you look back on the lyrics you look at, back on what the band was i'm like yeah that, that didn't age very well that didn't uh you know, I'm still into it, right? So have they done anything since? Have yeah, they. they, they I mean, more album since louder now. They are doing. They may have had an album out that was like a couple years ago because they reformed and then they started writing new music. Yeah, John, well, reformed John in the Nolan sense of like the in. original lineup. Yeah. Um, my, but, my buddy Mike still listens to them all the time. He loves them. Like the newer stuff. The newer stuff as well. well he's still. Oh my god! Did you hear Taking Back Sundays releasing a new album? Like, who the fuck is he saying that now? Yeah, no. Like, he's still a huge fan, and we had this. That's cool. We had this like argument the other I day guess. about it, and. Like I tried to, I told them like I'm just, I'm just in on the nostalgia factor. I never thought they were, I don't think they're particularly good, but like uh, he loves them. So I mean, 
<laughs> the one thing I think is interesting too. I was just like looking up sort of uh, sort of like the history of of Taking Back Sunday. Uh, apparently, all of their former members were, or all of the former members of Breaking Pangea were either, you know, either they played with John Nolan and I think like Stray Light Run or something like that, mm-hmm. or they were in Taking Back Sunday. Yeah. I don't know why that, that that whole that whole sort of a nice little tidbit. I know. I just think it's so weird that 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 mixture of things and like then they kind of had a falling out with Fred. Although though, apparently they 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 got past Hashed that. It up. Um, but uh, yeah, so I have some lyrics that I actually I tried to go through some of their songs that I just wanted to sort of point out. I think specifically that were just okay. Love it. <laughs> Get over yourself. Right, yeah. So uh, from bike scene. Which I know we love singing along to, and and I and I mentioned this I think to you yesterday, Corey. You've got this silly way of keeping me on the edge of my seat, but you're only counting the clock against the train, and I'm miserable. See, it was a great it was a great lyric <laughs> until the and I'm miserable. And I'm miserable. Like, and I'm miserable. How about some subtle? Oh, how about some you? subtlety, man? <laughs> All right, Sorry, I, I hadn't been listening to any of the other songs on this album. You're, you're miserable? All right, what's the next one? I, love, I like that. That's, <laughs> That's a good one to quote. And right. I'm miserable. I mean, we don't have to. I just, I, I think sort of uh, from uh, Cute Without the E-Cuff from the team, which, okay. Uh, just when everything you'll get is everything that you wanted, princess. Well, which would you prefer? My finger on the trigger or me face down, down across your floor? Like, really? That just seems a bit much. Uh, it's it's choose between <laughs> me being alive and, and, and the, being with me and the and the little princess like he's angry at her like clearly you're the problem here. Listen to your lyrics, man. <laughs> you're miserable. You're <laughs> you, and you you're bringing people it. down. You've said it that you're miserable. <laughs> well, just so long as this thing's loaded, I also like too that he's just like, well, you know, hold on, just want to make sure that we have we have all the can you say across it the again? And I gotta the process eyes. it again. Read that lyric. Again. When everything you'll get is everything that you've wanted, princess. Well, which would you prefer? My finger on the trigger or me face down down across your floor? So my finger on the trigger, me face down across the floor. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah, it's <laughs> pretty bad. Not great. No, I've sung it a million or even... times. I don't think I've ever sat back and be like, what the hell am I actually saying? Well, that's what I'm no, saying. You have to like, really know what I mean? Like, like, I really don't know that. I don't think I've ever spent the time like reading that out loud and seeing what, what he's saying. So I still am just trying to like process it and I think it's awful. Yeah. Now, <laughs> and I'm miserable. <laughs> See, I still really like this line. Because I think it's just, I don't know, it's kind of clever. Or I he don't, loves it, to hate it. Here we go. Love to hate it. Wow, he just wants to move on. Someone sounds impatient. Someone's got to be the guy. That's true. Someone's, <laughs> oh someone's, someone's got to keep us moving. Obviously. The truth is, you could slit my throat, and I'm, with my one last gasping breath, I'd apologize for bleeding on your shirt. I do like that line, because again, it is very clever. But Very visual. <laughs> very visual. Image. I would like to point that Imagery. Out. Also, little intense. A lot of intense. Intense imagery, yes. You got another? Uh, no, I, that's that's all I had. Uh, well done. I really like the miserable one. I'd like to keep saying that for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> and I'm miserable. And I'm miserable. <laughs> all right. Uh, Corey. Number four. So my number four, and this one might be a controversial pick, but Ooh, I, I, like that. I had to put them on here. And to be fair, this is a band I loved very, very much. And I do still like a bit, and I'll talk about what that is, but um, Boys Night Out. Wow. So hurts me. I love them. <laughs> so mainly because when you look back on it, mm-hmm. the lyrics are very, very misogynistic 
Yeah. And very, very much fantasizing about violence against women. And, like... Yeah. Uh, I got two lines for you. So... Hmm. Uh, uh, the two lines are actually different for why they've aged poorly, but... Believe me when I say that I love you, Angel, because I do. But accidents will happen, and they do. Even angels end up burned and buried in my backyard, and you're just like everyone else. Like, <laughs> dude. It doesn't sound as good when you just speak it. Well, yeah, of course. And like you, and, and in the song, <laughs> it's really good. true differently you when got, you sing yeah. it. You got back and forth, and when you sit back and you like think about it, like, dude, you can't burn people and bury them in your backyard that's not okay like it's not her fault (laughs) that you feel this way like it just didn't work out like you don't get to fantasize about that and then there's a second one and this one generally not it's kind of frowned upon (laughs) yeah frowned upon like it's fucked up that you fantasize about it he really could do whatever he wants inside of that mind but woo hey man maybe you should be talking to someone bad and a professional maybe and you know what if you fantasize about that like at least say in the lyrics, like reflect on that a bit, and like how maybe you're talk about up. how you're just a g- like, yeah, giant like, asshole. You need to focus on yourself before you could be in a relationship. I've got a lot of demons in my mind. I got a lot to deal with, and you know, I will say that I think that hey, maybe be a little more self aware, huh? <laughs> right, and I think that if you look at the arc of her their career and how it goes, and I'll get into this, but like. I think it shows that he actually did do that, and he did kind of work it out, and it was just like a creative expression. But it now that is on their bad. first album, right? Or their, their first full first length. Full length. For, full, first full length. Yes. Yeah. And the second one, okay. the second album well, was a very different thing. Right, and it was you know the concept album about the guy who accidentally kills his girlfriend in his sleep, but yep. then he goes to a mental institution and he does do that self reflection piece, and it is like, it's a much better and broader like artistic statement and it still has some of the same themes but it's more looking inward and i think that that's why that album look is really good and like i'll still oh, li- i'll still listen to that one yeah and i will still listen to like the subtleties that make mass murderers out of otherwise decent human beings the lo- the, the song titles age poorly by the way but and um generally speaking <laughs> i got punched in the punch in the nose for sticking my face in other people's business those songs i'll still listen to because they are they are violent in their imagery but they're not directed at women and he's not like placing the blame on someone and like saying they're the problem right it's i mean it's it's somewhat and correct me if i'm wrong because i haven't looked up their lyrics as much recently but like slightly self-reflective at least in the in the beginning not you know, that's barring the other ones where it's just like, okay, no, you can't say that. No, no that's, that's not great. No, you, you shouldn't yeah. be thinking that. Maybe keep that one to yourself or talk to a professional. Right, like... <laughs> <laughs> I did not... really enjoy the first two full-length albums quite a bit. Hearing you read a lyric like that out loud with where we are today in society doesn't fit. Well, right. it, it doesn't, it, we also shouldn't really say, poorly. like, where we are today. You're, it's what, like, it should have been so there. so spot on. As I hear you say it, I'm like, that's, that's exactly right. That did not age well. That today would not get off the ground no you can't like so you can't write that lyric the other one and this one came from their first dp so again it's the arc of the career and like this is where he was still figuring stuff out but he says the cowardice that you kept behind your bloodshot eyes and awkward frame was calling the shots and i was left depleted grinning like a retard you thought you were there but you'd retreated yikes like you can't use the R word. You can't use the R word. As you said it, I was like, like that's it's, uncomfortable. Exactly. It's just like, yikes. And yeah. like, you listen to it now and you're just like, So many other dude. words available for that. Like, you could say it a thousand different ways and like, that's not great, dude. Like, and again, it's just, it ages poorly. Like, I don't think 
the dude is like a callous, like not caring individual. Who is the dude? Do we know anything? Who I, I don't know anything. I, mean, about I don't know. Him. Where are they from? What's he was from Canada? They're from Canada. Canada. Um, Okay. I thought Canadians I know Canada is an Canadians entire country, nicer, but yeah, I thought there was some hospitality. <laughs> All right. that came in yeah, there. there's not any bad apples that oh, exist yeah. up there whatsoever. <laughs> Their prime minister didn't get into blackface. Oh, yeah. Uh, All right. Well, yeah, exactly. Things that age poorly, like you can't use the R word. You oh, you mean like that. you mean like blackface? Like blackface, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's not gonna. That's right. <laughs> no debate. I'm with you on it. Yeah. That's, and that's so I. On. And that's the thing is like. I do still listen to some Boys Night Out music. Mm-hmm. I listen to those two songs off the sev- second album, the <laughs> first full length, and I listen to Trainwreck. I think that that has a lot of good quality to it, especially the concept of it is very cool, and it's like a very creative statement, and I think he worked a lot of it out. But those early things, man, like, you can't, you can't it's say tough. that. Yep. It's tough. It's tough. Oh, well. All right, Bean, number four, go ahead. So I got Fall Out Boy in here. All right. And... They're a band... They've aged poorly for a lot of reasons. Well, they just aren't good <laughs> anymore. I mean, they broke up, thought we were done. They became a pop act, full stop. <laughs> like, it's weird when you start doing songs with Wyclef. It's like, I, you know what? I didn't see that collaboration coming uh, back in, big, what, big fucking 2004? Big fan of Wyclef. Are you? Didn't he scam a bunch of people out of some shit? I don't know. I think he Maybe, did. Maybe, but Gone Till November? Great song. Oh, great song. Um, <laughs> anyways, in reality, they, in reality, they had one good album. And it was uh, Take This to Your Grave. It's a really freaking good album. It is a really good album. It is. Like, I, listen, I, I enjoy it. I like singing along to it. Um, you know, good good music to it, too. Uh, it, Pete Wentz, obviously, the bassist who wrote all of the lyrics uh, for the songs. Um, I kind of always... Like, one, he just looked like a quintessential emo kid. Like, that guy was... Absolutely. But also, too, like, he was like a hardcore kid trapped in a pop punk uh, kid's body. Like, it was just like... He, he was in hardcore bands, tried to, like almost get had Fall Out Boy to go through. Scream. He had a great scream. Terrifying. Like, when he's screaming, like, yeah, on Saturday... Very deep growl. Holy shit. Didn't know that that was going to come out of that body. Yeah. Or that, those vocal cords, so... I mean, uh, they didn't stick in emo, very, like, very long, it feels like. I mean, Pete Wentz is, like... It's the, the lyrics were, again, pretty witty, I think, in some respect. So. Uh, like, from Tell Mick, he just made my list of things to do today. Let's play this game called When You Catch Fire, I Wouldn't Piss to Put You Out, Stop Burning Bridges, and Drive Off of Them So I Can Forget About You. So just go die. That's essentially what we're saying here. Just, just, just die. Yeah. So I can, so I can move on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very emo. How about? How yeah, about, very emo. How about you but get like, some better coping strategies? <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe just stop wishing death on people. I don't know if that's gonna work out for you. Not great. <laughs> you uh, kind of come off like a huge dick. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh. That's that's definitely one lyric. Um. <laughs> so I think this one too. Uh, sending postcards from a plane crash. Parentheses. Wish you were here. Uh, I'm such a sucker, and I'm always the last to know. My insides are copper. I'd kill myself to make them gold. Conversation got me here. Another night alone in the city. So make my bed the grave and shovel dirt onto my sheets. Now, not necessarily problematic, but, like, get the fuck over yourself. <laughs> yeah. Make my... It's actually worth some money now, too, so, I mean, it's yeah, not people as much break as into... gold, but people do break into steel copper and shit, so... Maybe this I maybe this didn't age well in a couple reasons, maybe because... today, those commodities trade at different values <laughs> than they did then, so I just want to... I bet you didn't think you would get that sort of tidbit, that sort of information when we're talking about emo music. This podcast Thanks, kills bro. it all, dude. It covers everything. And then I, I, think, I think this one... Um, 
Chicago is so two years ago. Mm. You gonna sing the little out the uh, the bridge part here? Yes. Here we go. I mean, am I wrong? Uh, you want apologies, girl? You might hold your breath until your breathing stops forever forever the only thing you'll get is this curse on your lips every pain of was it you i hope they taste of me forever sorry that was something that someone sings in the background i'm just trying to read these lyrics and messed up but uh yeah i hope they tasted me forever and i there's mean a light on and there's a light on yes in chicago apparently um yeah i mean that kind of just sort of goes along with like the first lyric where it's just like Hoping, hoping this woman dies, um, and that you there's think a, of me while you die. There's a lot of wishing death upon people, just general misfortune upon people, and yeah. I think that's not a good way to be. No, no. But we were all angry, like uh, angsty teenagers then, so it was that's, just like, yeah, fuck, it, we glommed on it. You are spot on again. It yeah, doesn't, doesn't age well. No, like, no it doesn't, doesn't age feel well. Feel good today. It doesn't feel good. We are like, I don't feel good, good about that. There's right. other things to say. Just move on. Yeah, I agree. All right, Corey, what's your third? All right, so, good question, Beam. My number three is... It's the only question. It is the only question. Um, my number three is from first to last. Um, I think by look alone. Yeah, it, and it's really just an appearance thing. Not like making fun of... Well, I am. I'm not making fun of the way that these dudes look, but what I am saying... Yes, is like, you are. They no, look well, silly. Not them, though. Not them themselves. So I'll, I'll, I'll explain. The appearance, like, they just took the whole commodifying it thing. They basically became a walking hot topic ad. Like, their their dress, the hair with, like, the long hair over one eye. Like, all the cartoonish things that were getting made fun of about emo. Like, from first to last, just did that. And then became popular based on it. And I don't think there was much that was genuine about the music. I think that it was just like, hey, here's this thing, let's do it, and let's try and make money. And it wasn't a serious expression of art. I think it was just like, here's this trend, let's jump on, let's make ourselves look the part, and like looking at what a Hot Topic advertisement looks like, and like, I don't particularly like their music, I never really did. I haven't... I really don't know what their music sounded like. There's that I one mean, it was song. Heavier, but... I can think of a couple songs. There's one song called Note to Self that's kind of good, and it's like, Note to Self, I miss you terribly. Yeah. Failure by Designer Jeans. Yeah. Was a song. That was a clever little title. Yeah. Um, did they also, did they have like the, uh, Ride the Wings of Pestilence? That's, I was just going to say. Kind of has a, song... a badass breakdown. And it does, yeah, there's a couple songs I actually hold up. Okay. But they were like, they, there was a couple songs that are decent, yeah. like, they're not they're not on repeat like we're not still playing them but like they no. they were fine but it's been years and years they became really popular and like Sonny, the lead singer who's now Skrillex he became like a sex symbol to like the emo thing because he was like this little slight dude with like the hair over one eye and like now he just shaved the jeans. side of his head yeah but like i don't know to me that band it's just looking back on it like they represented the downfall of emo music and like when it just became this trend and it was like not very good anymore. Yeah. No, I would agree with that. I mean, it's why I just didn't listen to it. Fair enough. Yeah. I don't think I knew anything about the image and stuff with this band. Oh, that's like, very, look, bring up a picture. dude. I, I may have to do it. And then what is the Skrillex piece of this? So Sonny, the lead singer became uh, Skrillex. First last became Skrillex. He went from, really? he yeah. went from one trendy thing to the next. Yeah. And that's... jumped on the EDM train. And but now one, bo- one got one him to buy on. like several houses. Yeah. 
one cut on. Yeah, when Chance sure. the Rapper is on Hot Ones saying, yeah, I got to stay in one of his houses. Oh, one of them. <laughs> cool. Fair. Yeah, dude, look at that. Like, are you serious? Yeah, yeah, now you're looking at it. Now you get it. This is awesome. <laughs> this is such a good look. Look at this. I, I, I know, yeah. It looks you know. absolutely absurd. Yes. But even this must be their worst photo. <laughs> no, like... <laughs> it must if, be. If you're listening at home, Google image this shit because you'll, you'll like, get look at the first. The Wait, is it the first photo? No, it's the fourth photo <laughs> when I Google from first to last and click images. The fourth one, so... Take note. Like quadrants. Good lord. This uh, this podcast also has audience participation, so here we are. Here we are. Get it going. All right, Beam, what's your number three? That's a good one. That's really funny. So I'm actually... I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to switch up kind of what my order was. So armor for sleep. Okay. Now... You had them higher before? Well, I also didn't have them, like, sort of in numeric... Like, I didn't have them ranked. Oh, okay. It was just my list. All right. I feel like you may have... Ranked. Wow. Okay. I definitely so tell, Beam, tell right. us some more about this because from you personally, this is an interesting one. No, I, listen. Well, I, I'm actually on. I, th- I think I'm on. Board, you being maybe. on board is different for me right. because I think Beam's Beam pedals some armor for sleep still. <laughs> oh no, I still listen to it. Listen. All right. So I know this is weird because it's like stuff that didn't age well. Listen, I still will sing along to it. I still will listen to the band and get down to it because it does have that nostalgia factor. For me, it's like a lot more than that. But if you read the lyrics, I think objectively you can just be like, oh, God. Do you have Why? Some? Yeah, I do. Oh, yes, let's go. <laughs> this, I is, like, this is John's favorite this portion. This is definitely John's definitely favorite love portion. This part. It's like I've, I, I know all of these songs and sing, well, most of them, and sing them all, but to just hear the way you guys are and, reading and them to out. to reflect on the yeah. lyrics is like... So I'm really trying to be the audience, too, and just like as people would be listening, you'd just be like, wow, what the fuck are these people <laughs> actually saying when the songs that we sing regularly, it's wild to hear it, but... That's what I'm saying. You put pen to paper and you... Like, yeah. I, I think like when I ever did, when I wrote lyrics, I'm like, oh, that sounds ridiculous. <laughs> You know, I, I was hoping there was at to, least... You thought to yourself, and there was like, oh, I can't, can't do that. Self-awareness, nope. again, it's I think self-awareness. Self-awareness is kind of, I feel like, key in terms of being at least a decent human being. Well, yeah, it's also a developmental thing, and like... So, I actually... <laughs> it took a while. I actually, the one thing, I, I, I was I was looking them up a little bit, and I came across an interview that uh, the lead singer done. Can't remember, Ben? Maybe? Ben Jorgensen. Cool. Yeah. Wow. I don't know what he's doing now, but... I don't know either. I know the drummer. Uh, the drummer is this person. Yeah, like we've partied together. He he. Hangs okay, out I was with, joking. Okay, keep no, going. he hangs out with the. You remember Wait. Mike Pellegrino? Yeah, that dude. He plays in a band down in Jersey, and Nash plays drums. He was the drummer. And dude, he, he took a shit out. while I was in the bathroom at Saratoga Winners. Wow. Yeah. Anyway. And no, like I I, <laughs> I met him at this party, and it was I, a like, weird moment. And it, it was kind of weird because like he's exactly our age. He's like three years older than us, maybe. Right. Um. <laughs> And like, exactly our age, exactly but our three age. years older. By that, I mean three years older. <laughs> no one. Uh, okay. So, but I met him and I kind of like geeked out for a second and like, but then I realized like he's just a normal dude. <laughs> but like, then you realized, wait, you were from <laughs> Armor for Sleep. Yeah. I was like. Not that big. Not that groundbreaking. But, but it was nice guy. for me. Is he a good guy? Oh, oh yeah, he's a great guy. His, his, his wife's awesome. That's um, good to hear. Oh, that's good. He has a wife. Beam, embarrass them with some <laughs> lyrics, please. Uh, this one's Slip Likes Place. Uh, space. Uh, this planet wasn't made for me. All of you live so easily. I lay outside and up I stare. I gotta stop right there. And up I stare. <laughs> well, yeah, you stare up. 
He's got to make it right. Just say that shit. Uh, Alright, anyways. Uh, yeah. Uh, all of you live so easily. I lay outside and up I stare. My home is in the void up there. A lot of longing. A lot, lot, of, lot of emo tropes in there. Very, so very many emo tropes. Mo- very much longing if you're looking at Alienation, up and- longing... I mean, it's just one of those things you I look at and you're like, oh, that's so sad. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, hey, fits. You know, I always kind of liked that spacey nature that Armor for Sleep had going for them. Like, a lot of reverb. Well, they were they were considered, I guess, like, they mixed in sort of like alternative rock and dream pop. What was sort that? Of where they were able what to song like, was that from? Where was that? Slip Like space. space. That was on Dream to Make Believe. Yeah. All right. End so, of the record. All right. So, so but the like the so second record, though. Um, oh, the second record. That's, so I, they're not on my list. Oh. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to let him do it, but, like, they're not on my list, but they were going to be on my list because of the second record. Oh, I mean, see, it's see. literally called What to Do When You Are Dead. <laughs> like, for fucking... This like, is seriously, fun. man. <laughs> it does sound like, like it's like a... I like the music a little uh, bit more in the Ghost for Dummies book. Well, because it has so like when this when this song when this album came out, it was a little bit heavier. I had already started listening to bands that were kind of doing a lot more screaming and a little more aggressive, which was which was what I was into. And this music actually sort of like got up to that level. They started doing that themselves, um, which I enjoyed. In this second album, they did that. Yeah, Is that what you're saying? yeah, it's a little heavier, a little more aggressive than sort of that first album that yeah, they had. Yeah, there's one song that has like the pull off riff, like I think yeah, it's got like a cool breakdown. They do yeah. a little. Screen. I actually can picture it now. That you like, stay it. on the ground. It's the, the less I know, the better. It might be. I don't know. Is that uh, no? That's a tame. But anyways, uh, so <laughs> anyways, stay on the ground. Stay on the ground though is. Definitely one of those songs. Heavier. Yeah. It, it was a little more aggressive. I liked it, but the lyrics just are horrible. Hit me with some lyrics. Red, not sung. <laughs> I started feeling bad for myself today, but then I stopped because I don't care. I'm dreaming less and sleeping more, but I sold my soul for the dream you stole. That's that's poor. Wait, hit me with the chorus. That's the chorus of the song, correct? No, that's a that's uh, a that's a verse. Back. All right, hit me again. Read it back. Okay, I started feeling bad for myself today, but then I stopped because <laughs> I don't you, care. Can you just read the you first line? And stop. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't look at Corey and get past the first part of that. That's like the end. I'm miserable. Like, how about some subtlety, man? <laughs> that's exactly right. Like, take that out of the song. We don't even need it there. Like, how about some images to express that you started feeling bad for yourself? Anything but. That that's I started very bad for myself. It's today. it's it's direct. And then tell obviously me, the tell me you have car underwater. Yeah. All right. <laughs> you gotta have car underwater oh because God, the lyrics literal. are literally just the chorus. I'm in a car underwater with time to kill. <laughs> Again, very direct. <laughs> Thinking back, I forgot to tell you this. I didn't care that you left and abandoned me. Which uh, what hurts more is I would still die for you. Ooh. Those lyrics are just hilarious. Like, not in the term. I mean, I think that like so the whole album of like what to uh, what to do when you know you're dead uh, or what to do when you're dead. Um, it just it, it, yes, he goes through like the stages of grief. There's a part of an acceptance and realizing that he played a part in this. You know, the whole breakup and what have you. But it's still the premise is that he killed himself, like to gain the attention or whatever of this woman. So is that it, Beam? It's record one to two. I mean, you read some Dream to Make Believe that's awful. You read some, or we're talking about right. the whole second album being a little weak. From the second from album the, was terrible. The idea. I liked it, like musically, line. sonically. He does like it. He's still, he was I still to listen to it. Songs and stuff. He does like it. But now, why don't they, I mean, I, 
for you, when did they start to not age well? When did oh man, after that, I don't even know what their their album after because like think about like I mean with that, I think it filled like whatever sort of um, need I had there musically at the time, and then like I just moved on. Yeah, and I and and honestly, they made one more album, and then that was it. That's it. Yeah, are they done? They no longer. Oh yeah, they're done. They they literally don't want to exist anymore. Apparently, they played a show in 2012, Bamboozle, I think, and they were just like, "Yeah, we just wanted to play one last show for all the people who didn't get to see us the one last time, and then we just kind of want to disappear." When was that? 2012. So they clearly didn't age well. <laughs> they're dead. And then, but then they came <laughs> out. Years. Then they played like a few more. I think like uh, anniversary shows around Dream to Make Believe. So. Is that to earn money because they're short-handed on that? Is that, what, yeah, is these, that why these, people do these, that? These reunion shows are lucrative. Yes. Like, the amount of money that they can make at a festival, <laughs> insane. The movie right, life so just I, keeps I getting just back wanna, together. I want to oh, ask oh, a new question. On on the end, I want to ask a question on the end of all these. I messed up on the first one. So, um, very quickly, who is your number five? Fight Paris. Would you go see them today? Absolutely not. Okay, who is your number five? Taking Back Sunday. Would you see them? No, I've skipped them a bunch of times now. That's it. Yeah. I would see Beam, him would you if see it Fight was Paris? <laughs> and Corey, would you see Taking Back Sunday? I'd see them if it was a Tell All Your Friends like album. Which they continuously do. That's what they did it's at, all they do. at Clifton Park. And it's... I was just like, I'm I'm good. So Corey, well, is, yes, he it, would see Beams. Would you, would you see Fight Paris? No. All right, let's go to the fours. Uh, my four was Yours Boys was Night Out. Boys Night Out. Would you see him? Yeah. I'd go would see you? Him, yeah. Boys Night Out? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Four for you is Fallout Boy. Yeah, who are you going to see him? If it was a take this to your grave thing, but it would also be a huge venue. So actually, no, no. I want nothing to You're do out. with what that crowd is. I like the be. way he processed on the fly. Did you yeah, hear right? that? It he moved, thought about yes. it. He actually, put himself. No, no he chance. put himself there. And <laughs> he was like, "Oh, part God, of it now." I need out. Look at where oh, yeah. they've gotten to. That, They're that now. Crowd? No, okay. thank you. I, I'm uh, my. What was my Fallout Boy? Are you going Fallout Boy? Uh, no, I'm not going to go to that. All right, so where are we now? Three, we're at three. is from first to last, no chance. No I wouldn't chance? have seen them when they were around Would in the first place. Would you see Skrillex? Yeah. Not, not, like not now. Six years ago when I was in like kind of... I like how you're that. going from this yes to no thing on the fly. It yeah, really, no. It's doing a lot of love. Now, now yeah, I have no, no interest. <laughs> yeah, no. Six, yeah, no, six years ago, I would have got down on a Skrillex party. Remember when we used to just like mosh to that song in for the kill? Hundred percent. We like we fucked we, up we Fudge's fucked audio up Fudge's system apartment. <laughs> and his audio system. That song's great. And then I think mine was uh, Armor for Sleep. Yeah, yeah, I would see them. You if fucked it was up a... his audio system. What is Fudge's audio system, system? It said system overload. <laughs> what said it? Like oh, this little the mixer. Thing. It stopped little thing. working and it said like system overload. But We're you're like, talking about his right. recorder that was there from like years ago. Yeah, pretty much. Number three is Armor for Sleep. Yes, I would see them. Yeah, if it was Dream to Make Believe tour. What about What to Do When You're Dead? No chance. Absolutely, I'm there. (laughs) Yeah, of course he is. That's what I wanted out of it. Corey. Cool. Um, So, and I'm pretty sure our last two are exactly the same. So we can just do it together. Yeah, let's do it together. Yeah, absolutely. Number two is Glassjaw. Yours also? Oh God, yeah. Both of them in that order. Both both are twos. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So, and, we didn't uh, actually talk about. We talked we about like last rubbing on here, but they just yeah. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> All right. So, so anyways, yes, sure glass jaw number two. I mean, they uh, listen. I think it was it was really just the first album. Everything you wanted to know about Silence that was just problems all over the place in terms of what that man was so talking about. Many problems. Like, and to be fair. And I want to give a shout out to Daryl Palumbo. He has been. He acknowledged he, it. He acknowledged it and was conciliatory about it. And like, they won't perform the songs anymore. Not true. 
What? I saw them recently, I think, after hearing that. And I'm pretty... I, I would have to look back on it. Oh, that's poor. So I thought he said, like, it makes him uncomfortable and he wouldn't perform the songs. Like, that would be a good look. Whoa. But, like, if he is, then... All right, never mind. Shout out, revoked. Um, but... Okay. <clears throat> Daryl Palumbo. So I have two lyrics. Um, and they're very both, excited. Don't know Glassjaw that well. I'm very excited. So they're both from the same they are bad. record and same song. It's called Love Bites and Razor Lines. This <laughs> is the second full length album that they put out. Uh, first full length album, second thing because they had a Kiss Kiss Bang Bang EP that came out before. I kind of want to see if your lyric awesome. is the same as mine. I'm pretty sure it is. is All right, that go one, for wait, it. Is that one awesome? The Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is really good. Uh, I mean, both of them are good. Like, Rai Rai's song on Glassjaw, Everything You Want to Know About Silence, is a great song. It's, like, a song about, like, missing a guy who, like, was their friend and who passed away. Like, there's a lot of good things on those albums. But a lot of bad in the But, like, a lot of bad. And, like, he was basically just not putting a filter on any of it, right? And so the, the lyrics are both from the same song. And it's, suck on the end of this dick that comes lead. Very poor. And then he spends most of the song just screaming, you fucking whore. Wow. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't do that. Like, no. that's that's terrible. And, like, no. I remember at the time when I listened to it feeling a little bit like, that doesn't feel right. But, like, but we totally screamed along to oh, it. Oh, yeah, no. And, like, when I saw them, like... I, I just was, thought it was like, man, that was intense. Right, because, like, you don't... And you were into it. You and, don't and, really and, and, think about it and process it. But right. now, like... I remember feeling it when I listened to it and being like, ugh, that doesn't feel right. But, like, not really being able to fully process right. it. And now when you look back, it's just like, bro, that was a poor choice. Like, mm-hmm. ugh. That's really it's, it's very, ugh. It, it, it just feels bad. Is that one of the lyrics bad. you have as well? Yeah, that's definitely one of my lyrics on there. Yeah, I mean, I the whole, the whole, the whole section is just, I mean, because it starts out, shut up and swallow my pride for me. Okay, uh, yeah, that's bad. That's that'll do it right there. Uh, you want to give the second one? So it's not great. I don't. I've I don't. got, I got from the Motel of White Locust. This one, this one's bad. I read this off to Sarah. I was just like, <laughs> this is what I listen to. Um, <laughs> I apologize. Big fan. Retroactively. Uh, now I kiss. Uh, what is it? Now I kiss up to God my fists, and I pray to keep my head, though I like your pretty eyes better blackened. And my fists all fucking red. Oof. No, not great. <clears throat> a little, like, a little more direct. Yeah. And, again. Really, really bad. Really bad. Really bad. Does That's like one. hold up today. I'm with you. That is <laughs> I didn't know that he said that. Like, listening to the song, you don't notice it, and then you read it, and you're like, oh, I, I noticed the other God. one. I didn't notice that one. No, the other one I noticed because it's kind of hard not to. I feel yeah. like the music stops around it or something yeah, like it that. But like, like, but like that, like Mozart, in the motto of like White Locust, like, oh, all right. Well, it's that's uh, it's not great. No, not great. it makes me feel really uncomfortable. Yeah, probably should anyone. All right, let's, I let's think stop Darryl talking about too. it because it's making me uncomfortable like, Still. right now. <laughs> Is there anything more we need? I mean, would you go see Glassjaw today? I did. Today? Uh, today probably. Okay, I think so. Because worship if they and, wouldn't play those songs. Worship and tribute was a fantastic album. Worship and tribute, and they Ooh. got rid although of all I problems. feel like I got I need to maybe read through those lyrics just to be maybe sure. I do. But tip your bartender that song. Oh my god, mm-hmm. what yeah, a good, great song! Okay, really good. What and their newer stuff to too is good. They played one of these songs to start. Are you leaving the show? 
I don't know if I'm leaving, but I'm definitely like, I might go to the bathroom or go outside at that moment. That's a cop out. I might go to the bathroom because you can't hear the music in the bathroom. He's screaming along the lyrics while he's peeing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, I'm just screaming along where no one can see me. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm it's you know, and a bunch of know. other self-aware, self-conscious individuals. So it's actually something I do want to hit on this last one. So let's get to our number one. Which... All right, the elephant in the room is literally and clearly and, and absolutely brand new. Uh, it's a band that I know that all of us in here absolutely loved. I don't know, John. Do you still listen to them? You're able to separate the artist from the. No, I don't know. I haven't really listened to them. To be honest with you. I know a few of our friends are just very defiant in saying they definitely still listen to them. I know that I can't listen to them. I I, I think I I think I can't. I can't. I can't. So give us give us some context. Yeah. What So anyways exactly basically what happened was and I think and you maybe you recall this a little bit better than I do. Like there was a woman who like who had been trying to talk about the fact that she had been sexually harassed or or sexually was sexually assaulted. I guess uh, um, basically saying that Jesse Lacey had had been had been sexually inappropriate towards her in multiple different occasions. Right, uh, there's it, been accusations of child grooming. Um, right. It's it's the child grooming and predatory behavior. Indecent exposure. Wasn't he like masturbating like in front? Like on, on video chat, video chats, yeah, and like with underage that, girls, with underage girls, yeah. and like it was like a grooming thing that happened. Like he was grooming these underage girls, and he sort of abused the power that he had of being Jesse Lacey, right? And you know he he abused. He was the a fact god amongst the emo world. Like there's no doubt about it. He was, and he used that to be sexually inappropriate and to yield that power to make these women do things that they wouldn't otherwise do because it would be like, oh, you know, Jesse really it's loves Jesse me. Lacey. Right, it's Jesse Lacey. And, like, what ages the worst for me is that when you then go back and look at certain lyrics, you recognize that they're not as... They're not as insightful and as thoughtful as you think they are because he was... What you thought... And when you were first listening, you know, you thought, like, oh, here's this lyric, and he's really reckoning with some demons. Like, he's reckoning with what he thinks, and you thought that. But when you know that it actually was happening, Mm -hmm. like, it completely changes the context of the lyrics, and that's why I can't listen anymore, because it completely changes the meaning of the song. So, like, this one lyric that I wrote down um, is from Me versus Maradona versus Elvis on Deja and Tondu. Oh, yeah. And it's, I got desperate desires on an admirable plans. My tongue will taste of gin and malicious intent. Bring you back to the bar, get you out of the cold. My sober straight face gets you out of your clothes. I actually have the different lyric from that, which is, I, I think you kind of know what it is. Uh, barely conscious in the door where you stand. Your eyes are fighting sleep while your mouth makes your demands. You laugh at every word, trying hard to be cute. I almost feel, feel sorry for what I'm going to do. Right. And Ooh. like, ooh. And, yeah, that, and, like it's, you, you like back then you're like, ooh, it's mysterious or like that kind it's of thing. Mysterious it's, and like you're going through like this this episode or this situation where like, oh, like here is this dude just like kind of grappling with, you know, if I was in this situation, what would I do? But when you get the context of what was happening and what was going on, it becomes a lot more real. That, like he like, was doing it. He was actually doing that. <laughs> yeah. Like that was a song that he wrote about something that actually happened. It's not someone who's asking the question, like when I'm in this situation, what would I do? Like, that's a human thing. Like 
you do that all the time with movies. Like, oh, if I was right. in this situation, what would I do? Like, mm-hmm. and that's thoughtful. That's self-reflective. I I'm into that. But when that becomes something that you actually did, and now you're singing about it, like, oh, just no, man. And like, I can't, I can't listen to it. Like, it's so problematic. And so, like, no joke. At my buddy's wedding, my kid Mike, like, he had brand new at the end. And they he had, like, this emo section of, like, the music. And everybody was going nuts. And it turned into, like, an emo show where people were crowd surfing, et cetera. Kind of like what Mike did with his. And brand new Our friend Mike, if none of you else would get that reference for anyone that might listen, whoever you are. Um, There are multiple Mikes, but they all had emo sessions and, like, crowd surfing at their wedding. But, like brand new came on and I had to, I had to walk away. Like I, I left the room and I couldn't, I couldn't involve myself. And like, I, did you go to the bathroom like you would if glass yeah, shot played Siberian and kiss? Exactly. Like, and I, I had to just like, I had to remove myself because like it made me physically uncomfortable. And like, I don't, I don't feel that viscerally about anyone, but these last two bands, like those lyrics make me viscerally uncomfortable. Like, yeah. Yeah, now that I know, because that used to be one of my favorite songs, just in terms of, like, sonically, like, just sort of um, how it plotted along, just sort of the build-up at the end of it, um, you know, the way he sang, too, where it just went from, like, that really soft, kind of fragile voice and then goes into that powerful, just sort of screaming at the end. I fucking hooked onto it, yeah. Um, But then the problem is, is, I mean, just with any of these, you fucking read the lyrics and you're like, oh, my God. God, what was I singing along to? But, like, even standing alone, I don't think it's necessarily a problem. Like, if you just look at the lyrics, I think it's the context of what actually happened that completely changes it and, like, makes it something that was reckoning versus something that was, like, reporting on what happened. I mean, let's then let's talk about, like, all right, okay, so that's something that probably happened. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't know for certain, but from what he admitted to, uh, what did Wolf. he admit to? He all right. So he didn't specifically admit to it, but he also didn't deny a goddamn thing of anything that was said about him, and basically said he's you know he's really sorry for his past actions, like the predatory behavior, the yeah. grooming of underage girls, like being sexually inappropriate with underage girls. He used what sex as sort of uh, he relied on it, or like, was it a, a dependent thing? He was dependent on sex or yeah. something. Yeah. How many girls are are claiming? That he was... Uh, I don't know. There was two main taking ones. some of these actions yeah. There was them. two main ones. Um, the first one that reported it, and then a second came to light after that, and then he made his apology that was, like, kind of a half-assed apology. A little bit. Um, not that even, like, an apology does anything. Like, these are still things that you did. Like, But he literally just, like... I think he kind of got what he wanted. He just, just fucking slipped away and just... I think now he's just a music producer and just yeah no I mean he doesn't he just wanted to kind of just disappear essentially yeah yeah and and that's the thing Tennessee he did get what he wanted because the band was going away anyway and like he wanted they I mean he at least you know was very open about wanting to end that band a long time ago and the other thing too is that I think like they admitted along the way correct me if I'm wrong that. They didn't really want to sing those songs. Like, they didn't like doing it. But they knew that everyone had such a connection to it that they, they played it anyways. And I wonder if that sort of plays into it, where he's sort of, again, that sort of self-reflective self-awareness of just like, oh, oh my god, the shit that I wrote. All so- that doesn't age poorly. And they're not on this list if 
those things didn't happen. No way. It's all about... You think so? I think so. 100%. Like... Because, I absolutely agree with him. They, because the way that they aged as well, like they evolved as artists, they became. Oh, oh I'm saying like the lyrics stand alone on their own, like that yeah, song. I mean, I guess, but like you're never putting them on the list though, because they did evolve and age well. I yeah, mean, they, well, they, I no, mean, they, if you no, never that's heard fair. that news, we were still excited to go see them, excited for new releases. They were doing it. They oh were, yeah, we were ready to go on the science fiction. And tour. it's not their it's, music's because it was a great album. It's troubling to not be able to dial up some really good music right. because of this. It's really bad. No, and it is, and it's. it's I love their music, and like they were the quintessential band for me. Like they are, what they I were connected, my favorite, right? And they were, they were what I connected with most. Like agreed, they are what. Like, and it wasn't even that in. I went back to your favorite weapon that often. No, no, it, it, but like, or even Deja. But like I stuck around more like Daisy and uh, and and Devil Deja God Raging. Really good, though. yeah. But like, it was even your favorite weapon? Like that that album? Like you know, and I, I know a lot of people say say that, but like that album like saved my life. Like right. not in a real way, but like it gave me something to hold on to, and like that album was very important to me. Right. But now, like you have to look back and reckon with this in such like a deep way and like such a dark way like it forced everyone to when that news came out about him we all had to just be like okay we were a part of this yeah we were were complicit in some way we were complicit i was actually thinking about that the other day it's like this is a scene that we were very active in that we contributed a lot to just in terms of like dollars and just like supporting sort of these bands and the local scene we were very much a part of in terms of played like in bands played in supported bands. those bands yeah, supported covering them, shows, covering them introducing other people to them yeah, yeah. so it, yeah it, we were a hundred percent complicit and, and it's and, and it's, that's it's, tough that's tough like personally like and nothing and else. nothing else like on the list does that like it doesn't make you grapple with it as much because like really well because we don't so the one thing that i said that i actually had written down about taking back sunday it's like so it was basically like them neck and neck in terms of being like the top dogs in terms of emo music just from that wave yeah right just you know one of them didn't sexually harass a bunch of underage girls that we know of so I always say that too because it's just like you, know, you just never know anymore. I'm not. I have never heard any shred of evidence about them doing something. I've never heard any rumor about that. But it's also just like you know, all of your heroes are going to let you down. No, it is, and like that, that that is it. Like, you know, that yeah, that's it. We we can stop there. All your heroes are going to let you down. Oh, so that's totally the podcast. Down. Totally nailed it. Like that is a rap line if I've ever heard one. <laughs> For sure. W R A P wrap it up. <laughs> Alright, well so yeah, that was us going on about emo So really, if we think about this, we just kind of complained, yearned, <laughs> um and and talked about what an impact it had on us. Um, so the real well, about about I mean, about emo music. So the real question is: Will this podcast episode age well? I think it we uh, it will reflect very poorly on us. Um, maybe it will reflect very poorly on past us. That's for sure. But I've I've oh no, I already have done that. I've I've yeah. I've I have I have reckoned that. with that person. Still, actually, I still am. But anyways, right. well, uh, this was fun. Yeah. Um, Thank you to anyone that might actually listen to this yeah. if we ever release this. Uh, Thanks, John, for coming on with us. 
As always. <laughs> As always. This is going to be the think... one and only one he's ever going to be on. Nah, he's in. He's in. Look you think up. so? He might For be. the duration. So right. yeah, this is basically what we're going to do. We're just going to go through a list of top five things and just kind of bitch about them. Talk, talk about shit them. about them. Talk shit. And kind of go right. from there. Anyways, thank you. Yeah. See you.